Hello and welcome back to Dry Jan Like a Sober Rebel with me, Louisa Evans. It's day 24. If you've stumbled across this episode, it's just to remind you that it is part of a series that builds over time to support you in your first month of sobriety. Or if you're taking a break from alcohol for dry January to enable you to properly look at your beliefs around it and to make positive changes. I'm a cognitive behavioral therapist and hypnotherapist. So that means I use both CBT and hypnotherapy to support people in overcoming habits or in achieving goals. In my clinic, I look at what thoughts are triggering you, what behaviors are sabotaging you, and then we cement those changes with hypnosis to ensure that your mindset is on your side. If you'd like to find out more about my sobriety journey, you can check out my book, Becoming a Sober Rebel, which is on Amazon and on Audible. And in it, I go through my early sobriety story, my backstory, but I also put lots of tools and techniques in that as well. So that might help you to support you in this first month. Today though, the subject is slip ups and it's a delicate one. So let's talk about slip ups. The first thing I have to say on this subject is that this podcast is aimed at grey area drinkers. And the reason I use that definition and grey area drinking is a grey area definition. What does it mean? Now, to me, I interpret a grey area drinker as somebody who isn't physically dependent on alcohol, but they may be psychologically or emotionally dependent on it. So somebody who can't go a weekend without having a drink, couldn't imagine going out for a meal without having a drink. Those are the drinkers I'm talking to. Or maybe somebody that has reached the point of not imagining five o'clock and after the kid's bedtime without a bottle of wine. That I would also class as being an emotional and psychological dependency. Obviously, if it then has moved to a physical dependency, it really is important that you get medical support before even attempting to stop. But slip-ups, especially when you are a grey area drinker like that, where you haven't hit a rock bottom, they can happen. You may have found that there is the odd day this month that you found yourself giving in to the wine witch, that voice. But then you're back on the sobriety horse. Now, I know that slip-ups were a big part of my journey. They were a big part of the start of my sobriety journey. I wanted to go sober way before I actually achieved it. And resetting from October to December to Christmas was a really painful part of early sobriety for me. I would love anyone not to have to go through that. It doesn't need to be a part of your journey at all. And actually, I talk a lot about that resetting loop and how painful it was in my book, because I know it is a part of some people's stories. And that's why I wanted to include it, because It needs to be talked about. What happens if you do slip up? Do you just throw the towel in? Do you just give up? What do addiction centres recommend when it comes to slip ups? And that's why I felt I had to clarify. Because a slip up, if you're a dependent drinker, physically dependent on it, can carry a real serious health risk. It is such a sensitive and a delicate subject. And it means such different things to different people, just like there are different types of drinker, there are different methods to going sober. All these things mean different things to different people. So please take from this what you want to, ignore what you don't. 
So let's say you're sober curious or you're what's called a grey area drinker. So you drink more than you'd like. You struggle to stop, but you aren't alcohol dependent. So let's talk about what a slip up would mean to you. It's a mental setback, basically, and navigating it can be the difference between getting back up and trying again, or writing the whole idea of sobriety off as something you don't need to do. Because I know I did that for years. I will reiterate again, if you're alcohol dependent then a slip up or a relapse, it can be fatal. This is not aimed at dependent drinkers. From personal experience, I didn't hit any sort of rock bottom. And when you haven't hit a rock bottom with your drinking, the voice that tries to convince you that you can moderate now, or that you're missing out by not having a drink at that event, that's the voice that can sometimes derail you due to fading effect bias. And that might be something you've heard of. Fading effect bias helps you to forget the bad bits and it just gets you to recall the good. And it's why we often end up going back to or romanticising about that toxic ex that wasn't good for us. Alcohol basically becomes the toxic ex. So why have I included an episode on the subject of slip-ups if I'm telling you it doesn't need to be a part of your journey? And the reason is forewarned is forearmed. The reason I wanted to include it in this series is it can be a part of some people's stories and then they look at other people and think there's something wrong with them. What I want you to ensure is that it doesn't need to be and then it doesn't become an excuse for you to throw in the towel if you have a slip. I don't want anyone to stop aiming for a sober life or a sober stint just because they don't succeed that first time if that's your intention to go sober for good. From personal experience as well, please, please, please do not let slip-ups be a part of your story because it was the most painful thing I think I've been through. Every time you slip, it gets harder and harder to get back up. The temptation is to tell someone if they've had a slip that it's okay, get back up, get back on it. But what you don't want to do is be too reassuring because you're not helping them in the longer term. Sobriety actually requires a firm will. And I'm talking from personal experience here. I know that I needed a firm hand. I needed someone telling me to stop making excuses for myself. Times will be tough sometimes. You'll need to ride out a craving so that the craving passes. And the sad thing is, if you keep failing and falling at the first hurdle, you aren't getting to the easier times when those cravings get less and less. What you're doing is you're repeating the bits at the start when sobriety feels harder and harder to do. One of the things I looked up and researched for this episode is the difference between a relapse and a slip. And the main difference is what you do after it, if it happens at all. A relapse is when you then abandon all ideas of going sober. And that's exactly what I did when I wanted to go sober over a decade ago. And I planned to have that sober year, as I know I've talked about. I managed those first few days of sobriety. I had that moment where I talked myself back into having a drink one evening, telling myself that sobriety was too hard 
and that I'd be missing out on too much in life. What a lie that one was. So I then went back to drinking. And I didn't go back to drinking with an idea of continuing to try for sobriety. I just completely abandoned the idea of a sober year. I talked myself back into drinking, into alcohol. It took years and years of moderation attempts then before I finally realised that sobriety was actually what I wanted to do. It was what my mind and body and my soul was craving. So fast forward then to October 2022. And that was when I had that moment. It wasn't a clean start for me. It was a messy start. I'd clock up five days, 17 days, three days, 18 days, then reset, reset, reset. I use the word reset because in my mind I was clicking a reset button. I had already decided that no matter what happened, I wasn't walking away from the idea of sobriety. I used an app to keep a track of my days. And the one thing I did do if I had a drink was be really mindful in it. I even recorded myself drinking at that time so that I could see the reality of it. Not to record myself drunk, but actually to record myself taking those first few sips. Those sips that my head was telling me were going to be wonderful. When I sat doing it and recording myself and talking to my phone, I realised I wasn't enjoying it. I didn't like the taste. I wasn't even getting a buzz. It was fading effect bias. There was just no fun at all in it for me towards the end. It was the lead up to Christmas. I'd simply allowed that nagging wine witch voice to win too many times. And as a result, that voice wasn't being weakened, which is actually the secret to success. You need to challenge that voice so that you grow stronger and it grows weaker. It isn't that you don't feel cravings. It's that you come at them head on, full of determination and refusing to back down. That's the way the voice gets weaker. So my personal advice here would be, if you have reset, do not make that your story. Don't use it as an excuse to keep resetting every time it feels tougher or every time you have a bad day. See that as a one-off because the more it happens, the harder it gets to get back up. It's like a fighter almost becoming punch drunk. You get less and less steady on your feet. So don't even allow resetting or slip ups to be a part of your sobriety because they really don't have to be. When I was doing research for this subject, for this episode, I looked at various alcohol charity and rehabilitation centre websites on what to do if you slip up. And the biggest thing that they all say is to learn from them. What lie were you telling yourself that saw you think that alcohol was a good idea in that moment? Because that's something you can then be aware of in future. And you can use the pen and paper technique to write out all those thoughts you had leading up to the slip and then argue with truth and facts on the right-hand side of the paper. If the boy said you were missing out, then argue back. Is it missing out? Really? What, not dumbing down, not slowing my brain, not slurring? Missing out by blacking out is truly missing out. Drinking is actually missing out if you think of it. Is the voice saying you felt you deserved it because you'd had a hard day? Reply and argue that alcohol is not a reward. 
It's a drug that's toxic and your body then needs to process it. Anything else is just clever marketing. A reward would be getting your nails done, going for a bath, having a massage, getting an early night. You can create contingency plans then for the future and just know that every time you argue with that thought and win, it gets weaker. If you give into it, it gets harder to fight it the next time. So it's all about challenging your mindset. And this is covering a topic that we spoke about on day one. Have you allowed doubt to creep back into your mindset? Are you telling yourself that you can't do it? Are you telling yourself that it's hard? Because I know I was. From October to December, I was telling myself it was really hard. From January onwards, I said, no, it's as hard as I make it. This is going to be easier than I ever imagined. And it was. We believe what we tell ourselves. And it doesn't matter if things are actually hard. This isn't denying the reality. It's not toxic positivity. What it is, is that you're reaffirming that you are able to cope. You're reaffirming that you can do this. I'd completely bought into the idea that the lead up to Christmas was too hard a time to quit drinking. And at the time that seemed so true to me. But the more I said it to myself, I was actually creating and strengthening that narrative that I bought into. And it didn't support me and it didn't make me feel good. By the time Christmas had passed and I was so fed up with drinking alcohol, it had robbed the joy from the whole of the festive season that year. I decided I then needed to shift my mindset from one of hoping that I could go sober to knowing I was going to go sober, knowing that I could do it. And you know, the strangest thing happened once I did that. I found it so much easier. That nagging voice hardly appeared at all because I then made a firm decision with no room for negotiation. So on some of these charity and rehabilitation centre websites, the advice is to be honest about the slip. The first thing to do, they say, is to tell someone. Admit it, vocalise it, make it real. And then the second thing is to forgive yourself. And we've talked about this in previous episodes about self-compassion. The thing is not to beat yourself up if you're finding it hard to get sobriety to stick, particularly if you are a grey area drinker. You're human, but no one ever does something or performs well from being shamed into it. So dust yourself off. Don't give yourself permission to do it again, but show yourself some kindness and understanding. Not everyone manages it the first time, but that doesn't mean you can't manage it this time. And that's certainly not permission to slip when that voice whispers. It doesn't need to be a part of your story. Use it as a lesson for growth, but also tell yourself, that you've learned that lesson now, so you don't need to repeat it. Then the sites tell you to recommit. Recommit to your goal. I was aiming for 30 days, and actually for me, it helped to commit to a longer goal because there was less room for negotiation in my brain. So I committed to the whole year, which for some people would be the wrong thing to do. For me, it worked. To be honest, once I hit 30 days, I was pretty sold. But once I hit the year of sobriety, there was no way I'd drink because I've seen far too many positive changes in my life. 
I've challenged all those negative beliefs I held. And the last bit of advice is to remember how far you've come. Success isn't linear. It isn't a smooth road. Looking at how far you've come can really help. So to recap, resetting does not need to be a part of your story. Don't use the fact that other people have reset to give you permission to do so. And don't use the fact that some other people haven't reset to think that you have to give up on the whole idea if you're struggling at the start. Just reach out and get some help. Resetting is horrendous. We're all different. Our backstories are different. Our reasons for drinking are different. Our reasons for quitting are different. Our addiction levels are different. Our dependencies are different. And so our sobriety, our stories, our solutions to all of this are going to be totally different. And that's why I say take from this series what interests you and disregard what doesn't sit right with you because it isn't ever one size fits all with anything. I hope you found this episode useful. You can always head to my website to find out more about my story and that's louisaevans.com and you'll find lots of useful links on there including a link to the audiobook I mentioned. You'll find a range of hypnosis and relaxation downloads that you can try at home on that website as well. Use code SOBERREBEL, all one word, to buy one, get one free. And you can find out more about my work as a therapist. I hope you have a fantastic day and I look forward to catching you tomorrow when we're going to talk about how to find your sober tribe.